All right, every Wednesday morning here on the WMAY Morning News Feed, it's full disclosure with the Better Government Association. David Grising is the president and CEO, joins us here each week. And, uh, David, we have spent a lot of time talking about uh, redistricting. We have a little bit more data this week that uh, gives us some indication of where Illinois stands population-wise. We don't have the granular detail yet that's going to be needed to actually draw these maps. But what we do have is apparently the definitive last word from Governor J.B. Pritzker on whether he's going to stick to his campaign pledge uh, to veto any politically drawn map. And the answer apparently to that is no. Good morning, David Grice. <laughs> Good morning. And Jim, yeah, you have set it up uh, just right. Uh, Illinois has lost population, uh, but uh, it's not as bad. And the governor was correct yesterday in pointing out it's not as bad as some had feared. We will lose only one congressional seat, whereas there was some concern that Illinois might lose two congressional seats. But in the same uh, press conference, the governor uh, made clear that he really is walking back a pledge that he made during the election, that that he uh, indicated during the, his campaign that he uh, would support a, only a map drawn by an independent commission. Uh, and the governor has said, well, that independent commission has not been approved in, through a change in the Illinois Constitution. And therefore, if I look at that map and it looks fair to me, I'm going to sign it. Uh, and that's, uh, that's really troublesome, frankly, because as we've seen in the past, governors uh, tend to look at the map drawn by their party as fair, almost regardless of how badly gerrymandered they might be. This is a, a reversal of what the, the governor explicitly said as candidate Pritzker when he said he would veto a map drawn by politicians, drawn by legislative leaders or legislative staffers. He didn't say uh, only if he thought it was unfair. He didn't say only if we don't manage to get an independent commission together. He said he would veto such a map. So he has reversed himself on that. Uh, the question uh, becomes again, will there be a a political price to pay for it. Do people really care enough about this issue uh, to, to make J.B. Pritzker eat those words? Well, uh, clearly the governor has made a political calculation that that uh, people won't care enough uh, and that he will not uh, be punished so severely that he's putting re-election at risk. Uh, the governor clearly has other issues that he'll need to deal with uh, come re-election time. His signature proposal, the graduated ta income tax, uh, failed uh, by a significant margin. Uh, he's come under a lot of criticism for his handling of COVID, especially in downstate districts, where he probably was not going to get much of a vote anyhow. Uh, but clearly, the governor is making a calculation that this is not one of those uh, litmus test issues that will cost him so many votes that uh, he can't, he won't be viable running for re-election. Let's talk now about that census data that came out this week. And again, this is not the full uh, county by county, city by city, district by district uh, detail uh, that we would ordinarily expect to have by this time in order to draw those maps and meet the June 30th deadline. It is the overall state numbers and it's apportionment information, which uh, talks about how many congressional seats we have. We lost 18,000 total net people over the course of the decade, uh, only one of three states 
states to uh, to lose population. That will cost us one congressional seat, not two, as some had feared, but we are still going to uh, see uh, one m- a member of our congressional delegation uh, disappear when the new maps are drawn. Uh, so, David, what, is, what does this mean both politically in terms of how then these maps may be constructed to account for that, but also what does it mean in terms of Illinois uh, economically and in terms of our influence in the country as we continue to see this uh, this population shrinkage? Well, we're seeing a political shift in the demographics of this country. Uh, Texas and Florida both gained seats. Uh, California, Michigan, Ohio, New York, and West Virginia, along with Illinois, all lost, uh, are losing a seat uh, due to population changes. In terms of the state's representation in Congress, um, it, it all... It, it means that um, uh, probably a Republican seat will be up for grabs or will be basically drawn out of existence. And people have their, their eyes on Mary Miller uh, in downstate Oakland, a freshman congressman who's probably best known for a statement she made saying something positive about Adolf Hitler. Uh, she walked that statement back, but still she said it. There's Adam Kinzinger, who obviously is on the outs with many uh, mainstream Republicans or conservative Republicans due to his critique, criticism and vote against uh, uh, um, Donald Trump and uh, when it came time for the challenge to the election. And then Rod Davis of Taylorville also might see his district drawn out of existence. For rank-and-file Illinois residents, this means less federal money coming to the state of Illinois. Uh, many federal programs are uh, the the um, spending is doled out according to population, and so the loss of eighteen thousand people uh, means a little bit less money coming to Illinois. It shouldn't be that material. The the population loss is less than some people thought it might be for this state. You know, and uh, there's a, a lot of debate, obviously, about what is uh, is motivating uh, this shrinkage. As you said, there have been natural trends toward uh, warmer climates, towards uh, states like Texas and Florida for a lot of different reasons. But everything in Illinois gets boiled down to politics. And, of course, both sides pointing fingers at each other, uh, with Governor J.B. Pritzker suggesting that a lot of the uh, population decline was because of the policies of the rounder era. Uh, Republicans say, hey, Democrats have had almost uh, total control of the government for 20 years, say for the four years that Bruce Rauner was in the governor's mansion. Everybody is pointing fingers at everybody else, but do we have uh, a more objective sense as to what's really driving this population decline? Well, uh, it's certainly a move to the West and Sunbelt countries, um, which uh, are having strong economies right now and uh, is a change in uh, the demographics there. Um, Illinois, uh, you know, some people believe, uh, it's hard to prove, but some people believe that Illinois' really awful uh, fiscal situation, it's deep pension underfunding and it's huge budget imbalances and, and heavy borrowing, are compromising the state's ability to make this a good uh, economic environment, and therefore people are moving away. That job creation has not been what it was. The loss of manufacturing jobs uh, hits Illinois. Uh, the challenges to uh, uh, fossil fuels as an energy source are important in southern Illinois, where coal is a big industry. Uh, so those are factors that are contributing uh, to this uh to this demographic shift in this country. It's not just about Illinois. When you listen to that 
list of states. That, that, those are the Midwestern industrial states that are being affected, along with California, uh, by these population losses. Uh, David, as you know, though, uh, one of the implications of this is that there are now fewer of us here in Illinois, but the same level of burden, whether it's pensions or our backlog of bills or uh, the the uh, money that's got to be paid off on bonds for the state, uh, all uh, obligations of the residents of Illinois, but on the whole, fewer of us to meet those obligations. And that can continue to have a ripple effect uh, as we go on year after year after year in terms of fiscal planning here in Illinois? Well, absolutely. And and that's uh, one of the big concerns about the lack of ability to uh, deal with uh, any of these issues in any serious way. Uh, Governor Prisker is against any sort of pension reform. His various, uh, his budgets really have not addressed pensions or the deficit uh, in any serious way. And as you pointed out, the bill backlog is growing again after having been paid down substantially uh, since the Bruce Rauner uh, record high levels. Uh, and so, um, yes, fewer of us to pay those bills, and therefore the need for reform uh, increases by the day, and yet there's no politician in the state, no elected official in the state who's taking any serious steps toward uh, structural reform. We've got more this morning. It is full disclosure with the Better Government Association. David Grising is the president and CEO. The BGA, a watchdog, keeping a close eye on government, but also conducting very important investigations uh, of uh, you know, things that really have a direct impact on people's health and safety and welfare. Uh, and one such investigation has now rolled out and hit their website here in the last couple of days. David, tell us about it. Right. We did an 18-month investigation into fires in the city of Chicago and found 61 deaths over six years that are that occurred in buildings that had been inspected by city inspectors in which there were missing smoke detectors, broken smoke detectors, blocked exits, uh, no heat, other sort of hazards, uh, buildings that had been shut down but but um, are vacant and yet people were still squatting in them and living there, people dying in those kinds of fires. And really uh, the, the lack of care on the part of the city bureaucracy in protecting the public health of, uh, of people, especially in black and brown communities where almost all of these fires happen uh, is really deplorable. And um, uh, there have been various reform efforts over the years that really have done nothing to protect uh, the, the health and safety of people in the city. Certainly a challenge in a city the size of Chicago. You can't necessarily keep all the squatters out of a condemned building. But there were instances where inspectors came in found those sorts of serious problems and didn't actually shut it down and, and people were still living there and, and being allowed to, to live there? Yes, that that's the sort of thing that has happened. Um, and there, the various reform efforts over the years, because Chicago is famous for its fires, going back to 1871 with the Great Chicago Fire, there have been various reform efforts over the years. Uh, Mayor Rahm Emanuel in, in 2015 uh, talked about putting together a list of uh, landlords with serial problems, et cetera. That was done for about a year and then uh, was disbanded. Mayor Lori Lightfoot has now revived that idea. Uh, she did that uh, in the weeks between when we first contacted the mayor's office and when we published our story. So she was trying to get out ahead of this news. Uh, that's not enough. Uh, lists like, like this are not enough. What we need is uh, effective city enforcement of existing codes and uh 
uh, fines that are serious enough that these landlords will get their properties in shape so that people are not at risk just by living in an apartment in a poor neighborhood. You know, uh, so frustrating and exposés like this should be, pardon the terminology here, but lighting a fire under people to get something done. Uh, But uh, David, as you've noted, historically, uh, when we see these sorts of problems, this sort of negligence impacting poorer neighborhoods, minority neighborhoods, there seems to be less impetus uh, to take action. Is there any sign that that won't be the case here, that uh, city officials, aldermen are going to be motivated to get something done about this? We don't yet, know. Uh, the reporter uh, at, at our uh, organization, we did this w- together with the Chicago Tribune. Both of those reporters are, are now calling aldermen uh, to see what kind of response that they may have. We have not yet heard. Mayor Lightfoot this morning will be out in public for the first time since we published our stories. And so we'll see what sort of reaction she has had. Until now, she has not yet said anything, and she did not grant an interview. Even though we were working months on this story, uh, she did not grant an interview. She had her buildings uh, commissioner uh, speak to us instead. You can uh, see the findings at the Better Government Association website. We'll give you that web address coming here in just a moment. And of course, the BGA's website is also a great place uh, to keep up to speed on uh, the statements that elected officials and state and local leaders are making uh, and how they stack up in terms of veracity. The fact check service is one of my favorite features on the BGA's website. Uh, And David, a a very timely one because you've recently taken a look at some social media traffic uh, surrounding purported uh, statements uh, connected to Chicago police in relation to the Derek Chauvin trial. Right. We check into statements of public officials, and we also sometimes check things that uh, that are, are not actually factually accurate. They have not actually been said, as is the case here. On the Chicago Police Department website, a, a um, uh, a statement appeared, a, a tweet appeared. We are all Derek Chauvin after the Minneapolis, former Minneapolis police officer was found guilty of the murder of George Floyd. And uh, the Chicago Police Department did not tweet out a statement saying we are all Derek Chauvin. It, it is, uh, you know, part of this uh, really insidious new development of uh, of false statements being published in the name of people to make them look bad. And while there has been, uh, uh, you know, the Chicago Fraternal Order of Police, the union uh, in Chicago, um, has, has stood behind many police officers who have behaved questionably uh, in various incidents across the country, uh, that neither the police department nor the union uh, has spoken out in support of Derek Chauvin. This is where uh, fact-checking is going to get uh, tougher and tougher as we go along. Uh, deep fakes and uh, fairly cleverly constructed fake tweets and things designed to look authentic, even though they're not. And it's going to be even more important to really double and triple check these things before people start reacting, overreacting, knee-jerk reacting to uh, things they're seeing on social media that may or may not be in any way real. Go check it out at the Better Government Association website. David, we're out of time. Where do people find you and the BGA the rest of the week? I'm at DGreising at BetterGov.org. That's D-G-R-E-I-S-I-N-G at BetterGov.org. And our website is BetterGov.org. Go check it out. Uh, Great reading there. David Greising, we'll talk to you next Wednesday morning here on Full Disclosure. So long, Jim. Thanks very much.